Thought Bubble Audio. Hey, 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 and welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. My name is Frank. I'm happy to be back this week and happy to be joined by my good friend, Tim. We're back, baby. It's like we took a few weeks off from one another. It's kind of weird. I know. But we're here. But we're back. We're back. Both of us in the same Zoom chat. Yeah. Better than ever. (laughs) Sure. Let's go with that. It's good to see you, my friend. Thank you. It's good to see you too. Thanks. You feel good. Your head's nice and bald. Uh, bald. Yeah. I was going to say shiny. Oh, but it's not really yeah. shiny. It just looks smooth, mm. which is exactly what you want when you have a bald head. Yes. It, you don't want to be, you know, bumpy Logar. Oh no, or, that'd be horrible. Whoever that is. Yeah. yeah. No, that that'd be terrible. Um, yeah. No, it's smooth like my brain. Um, yeah, it's good to be back. I think you told the folks uh, that last week I was off i was out because i was in vancouver you were the land i did tell the folks yeah uh i was in national city uh it's it's funny you know i never um i'm not normally one who really notices a lot of um locations and things like that we went to vancouver some uh friends uh, podcast friends and myself um, to visit filming locations for Smallville and The Flash and Superman and Lois and Supergirl and uh, et cetera. And uh, boy, did we. We saw all sorts of, of places. I think I'll, I'll tell the full story over on Beer with Geeks. Um, so you can check that out at beerwithgeeks.com. Um, and, and if I can, I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes of this episode. But I'm timey-wimey and stuff. It might not be out yet when this, whatever. But if it's there, uh, you'll, you'll see it. And if not, just go to beerwithgeeks.com. But um, yeah, we saw a bunch of Smallville filming locations, um, and, and I didn't realize how many filming locations around Vancouver are, you know, recycled for these different shows. I, I, I sort of, I knew on, on a certain level, sometimes it's just different angles, just different angles, like, like it's the same, like it's the same, it's the same concrete stairs yes. that King Shark shows up in, yeah, in that kind the of flash, thing. but it's also where, you know, I don't know, like Lena delivers her speech, yeah. you know, for something, you know, I, I can tell else. you, I can tell you that, um, in, uh, last week's episode of Supergirl where, um, they were the, the, everyone had lost their humanity and they were all fighting, um, that they were in front of the building that is star labs um on the flash i thought so yeah i thought so it was just the same i mean i stood right there it was right it's it's the the football soccer arena in in uh in vancouver bc arena um and we went there and and then when i was watching the episode i was like wait they're just in front of bc arena like that's literally star labs they're just in front of star labs like they weren't even hiding it or anything they didn't do any set dressing it just was just straight up that um and i also realized that the um the the tower um where the super friends hang out is the same building the establishing shot is the same building as watchtower for smallville oh is it really it is oh that's awesome so they're both the watchtowers they're both the watchtowers that's so fun yeah i had not i thought it was the daily planet building for uh, some reason that no. they kind of had cg to look a little different. sure i can see i can see how yeah similar coloring and stuff i can see how you, how you mm-hmm. thought that but yeah no it's it's watchtower from smallville so I'll, I'll tell many we we got to see the kent farm from both smallville and superman and lois i'll tell stories over on beer with geeks um we're, 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 we'll expand more but we're here today to talk about supergirl and we're here specifically 
to talk about uh, episode 15. Um, and uh, there is uh, there is not much in the mailbag this week. So, so I'm going to vote that we just go straight into talking about this episode. Give me the vital stats. Let's uh, let's pull it up and, and let's That's let's fine. get to chatting. That's fine by me because I'm pretty sure I lost the mailbag in the mail. So fine yeah, by I, 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 I heard about that. I, I feel I, so I put in a request with the Postal Service and we'll we'll get it. Well, uh, I heard that if I sent the mailbag to ourselves, then we could copyright the mailbag uh, and all of its wonderful sounds. Yeah. But no. Then they lost it. <sighs> Ironic. Crap. Um, well, we'll work on anyway, that. Anyway, we will. Vital Stats, episode number 15 of season six, the final season. Uh, just five episodes left after this one. Episode titled Hope for Tomorrow, which is a classic super family title, mm. uh, if there ever was one. Uh, story by Robert Rovner, teleplay by Emilio Ortega Aldrich and Nikki Holcomb, directed by Tanya McKiernan. I rate this one a four out of five. Not for the totem stuff, but for the Esme stuff, um, because yeah. that wrapped around back all the way to season two, mm-hmm. and I just I, I felt like it was a long time coming, and I, I there was a strong Supergirl lore in there from the show. Definitely, so. definitely, uh, yeah, I like that 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 tie back, and and so like what a great payoff for Alex to finally you know after all these years to finally get her wish to to be a mom, um, and I was I was happy about that. I, I did feel like the. T- um, the totem aspect, the totem plot of this episode dragged it down for me. I mean, I'd give this episode like a two out of five, and the two is just Whoa, for really? is just for the Esme stuff. Like you know, like it it was that that was the best part of the episode. The Esme Alex Kelly um, storyline was the best part of the episode, and the rest I really did not love. Um, I, I we'll talk about it more, but I just didn't feel like this was their most compelling episode. It was. Yeah, there were some missed opportunities that I'll I'll that we're I think that, I mean we've talked about this, but I think the totems themselves are almost missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what you talked about with Brent and I talked about with Brent. You know, just like the idea of the totems could have been used to talk, like remember, like different aspects of yeah. these, these six seasons of the show, and in some ways they're doing that, like they were in Casnia. Uh, today and stuff, but like instead they're just kind of like an adventure with the yeah. totem, and it's not really delivering a f- like a wrap up of a final a, a season a show that you know is ending. It's just kind of one more adventure. Yeah, like we know it's ending, and it doesn't feel like we're headed towards some big culmination. It, it I just can't believe fe- there are only five episodes left, right? Like it, it kind of feels like we're in season six of you know. Like they think they're getting picked up or they might get picked up and that there, it doesn't seem like there's any sort of, well, we got to wrap this up. Like we have to, this has to have some finality to it. It it really, I, they're still building and there's five episodes left and I'm, I'm just, I'm getting nervous that the payoff may not be what we hope it will be. But um, let's, um do you want to get into some good bits and talk about the, the parts that we enjoyed? Uh, and then we can, then we can break down the story and story time village a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, right from the start, I love Kara getting all the toys that Eliza got her when they when the Danvers adopted her. I thought that was wonderful. And also she took really good care of her toys. They were like immaculate. 
I know, I know. Considering she probably, you know, she could have broken them um, easily. I mean, true. I mean, granted, she was also thirteen. So I mean, that's it's true. not yeah. like you know, she was like, I don't. She know was how a to use my hands. Responsible, yeah. responsible young child. Yeah, it's true. I love. I did love that. I that felt very. And just her telling Esme that, like, oh, I'm adopted too, and like Alex's mom adopted me, and and you know, took me in. Like that was such a sweet and and like beautiful thing for her to tell her new niece. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and it becomes even more impactful later when. When Isma, I don't know if this is in your good bit or not, but when Ismay is like, oh, she has the same powers as your sister Kara. Like, and I just, I just love the, the example of her knowing that Kara is adopted and then she connects the dots and like, wow, this adopted alien, like, is Supergirl. Yeah. And like, how wonderful an example is that later, even though Ismay doesn't really connect those dots at the time, it, she might later in life. Yeah. And, yeah. No, that's so true. And yeah, that was, you know, that was one of my good bits is Esme realizing that Kara is Supergirl because oh, yeah. like, because yeah. everybody else, like, you know, it takes them months or years and they have to be told. Um, but Esme just figures it out. She's like, wait a second, you have the same powers. Like, I love that she, she pieces it together right away. And, uh, and it's just so like, oh, are you the same person? Yeah. Um, it's typical of children, it, to right, see right? Right to see right through the the lies of the Jedi from you the know, yes, exactly from the mouths right of babes. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, Nixley is in the same room with Kara, who then changes to Supergirl and has a no idea. Um, Listen, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or anybody at Catco for that matter. I'm just saying Nixley with the magic and the imp and you know, like didn't didn't Mixie know? who she was somehow uh-huh. before like when he got there like oh yeah because he tried to marry her i don't know that's correct i, I don't he i don't was, know he was already obsessed with her yeah he like, was yeah yeah anyway I, what's your I, next good bit grandpa jean oh my my good bit just him being like everyone's a not but he's grandpa jean of course he's grandpa. not uncle jean grandpa no. and i think that really solidifies him as the father that is not dean kane and i just think that's wonderful yeah um for for him and the Danvers and you know because his so much of his story is being a father again losing his children and then regaining you know these daughters who in some ways are his adoptive daughters yeah. and, you know just like yeah, that's just wonderful it's a little it was a little throwaway but also Grandpa Jean is just kind of fun to say <laughs> yeah it, that's it's just so sweet just so so sweet um, a funny a funny bit uh, that I noticed is that Esme called him Jean and then he called her Esme. Uh, and I was like, come on. She said your name, right? You can't. I didn't notice that. And I'm like, nobody was like, everybody has said Esme for multiple episodes. So nobody went to David Harewood and was like, it's Esme. Yeah. Like, she went to the trouble of pronouncing your unusual name correctly. You know, could you, could you do, do her the courtesy of pr- pronouncing her uncommon name correctly as well? Come on. It's not that it's, it's a respect. Maybe thing. there, maybe his, um, actual british accent was throwing i think i think that is what it was yeah i think i think that that was it um but yes grandpa jean um i loved i'm I'm skipping ahead a little bit here but i loved cara trying to inspire hope through journalism like when she when she was talking to andrea about 
you know, but we have to deliver, we have to report on the positive news too, because people deserve to have a positive perspective on positive things that are actually happening. Like if we only give them the bad news, then that, that, that colors them, uh, you know, the, the, the wrong way. Like we have to be balanced and show them the good things that happen too. Um, yep, I agree. That's part of Storytime Village for me. Okay. So, All right. Um, so I'll, I'll, then I'll, I'll, I'll hold off. There. But I, I just felt like that was really very Supergirl of her and very, I, I, I'll, I'll share my, I'll, I'll save my, other thoughts on that moment um, for, for Storytime Village, but I liked Ooh. that very much. Um, what else uh, What else have you got? Um, I loved the Martian mural in Ismay's room because the, he's like, you know, my father, my grandfather painted this for my girls and blah, blah, blah. And I just like that. That's a tradition from a dead culture that is being carried on yeah. here, like not even reappropriated, you know, like just like being carried on in some way. And I just think that's wonderful in and of itself. That's setting a, a great example for, for Ismay for later. They're yeah. already wonderful parents, all of them. That's right. Yeah. Why don't you do um your next two? Cause my, my, my next few are, are later in the episode. So why don't we uh, sort of get, get caught up? Sure. Um, I liked that Lena said El Mayara. Like I thought that was, um, you know, everybody's gotten a chance to say it except for her, maybe. So that was that was a nice uh it was a nice inclusion. Yeah. I like that random dude at Catco who was like, Hey Carr, I really liked your article and then was a total boss and then tried to stand up to Nixley with a stapler. Be that guy. Right. That's inspiring hope right there. Absolutely. That's the point of that guy, right? You know, to be like, I really what you said in this article, it really like affected me. And then it showed how it affected him. And I mean stupid don't go up against the fifth dimension sure. with a stapler but i admire the gusto yeah he was he was brave like it gave him courage to, to try and fight back with whatever he had even if that was just a stapler but like it was more about his bravery than about the weapon he chose right like exactly the, yeah and i i, I love that too uh you know i i only i heard her say his name very quickly and i thought she said ron i was like is that ron troop but it's don it's Don. Uh, so I was like, oh, it's Don Troop. Don, I, I guess. He's yeah, his cousin who works at the <laughs> works yeah, at Catco. Catco. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, no, those were great. Those were great moments. Um I, I enjoyed William being in the middle of the fight between Supergirl and Nixley and being like, You're talking about me like I don't get a say, and then totally like holding his own. Um, totally holding that, his own. For for a human. Like uh that that was that was cool. Because we've never really don't really see him fight you know he doesn't really get into those situations very much and i know he nope. was embedded in, in, as, a, as a war reporter and now he's embedded with super friends but like he's seen some he's seen some stuff and and he can probably take care of himself but we've never seen it like that before so that was that I was agree. great and that's what's going to get him killed mark my words yeah yeah most likely i mean what do you i mean he could just go on and live a happy life i guess but i suppose i feel like when you're wrapping up you know when you're wrapping up character yeah you know moments and whatever else uh, that would be you know living through the power of journalism and heroism that would be a nice you know a nice way to go about it totally but anyway i this was a more of a shot than anything but i loved brainy holding all the nuclear missiles over his head as john and Kara went to go collect them mm -hmm. i thought that was it was just a really cool moment yeah that was cool for all of them that was very cool we're, we're obviously going to talk about this more later but like the uh, the good bit here for me is that it was a Superman four reference like that whole let's throw the nukes into the sun was a direct Superman four quest for peace, um so that's that's fun I mean it's an awful movie but it's fun <laughs> as a fan of Superman is it an awful movie let's yes. talk about it in <laughs> Professor Comics Corner shall Ooh, we okay we'll yeah. get there 
All right. Um, Supergirl trying to inspire hope in everyday ways was really cool for me. So she tries to, you know, she, she saves that girl's ice cream cone and she pushes the old man in the middle of traffic out of the way of an oncoming car. And she talks about how she's saved cats from trees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I always love those, those everyday, you know, Superman, Supergirl running around and saving people. Um, and I liked how that was. She was like, all right, if I inspire hope on the micro level, does that work? Nope, that doesn't work. All right. Well, I tried. I agree. Although, uh, truthfully, I didn't think that she, um, I didn't think that she saved that girl's ice cream. I thought she stole that ice cream <laughs> from the ice cream vendor and gave it to that girl. I'm sure she left. See, I'm sure she left like a five dollar bill on the counter when she took it. Uh, maybe sure. that's that's what I she would have so. done. But I didn't see the girl with ice cream before, so I assume that Kara stole oh, some ice cream. Oh, no, she had her ice cream. She was staring at her ice cream cone that fell on the on the ground. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah, okay. she was looking down like sad, like almost crying because she dropped her ice I cream cone. I thought the kid was just like, I want some ice cream. And Kara was like, okay. <laughs> she like replaced it for her. Giving into her worst impulses. One okay. of the things that makes me sadder than like anything is seeing a kid with ice cream on the ground. Like that just makes me so sad. Um, Mine is kids alone at their own birthday parties oh yeah that just punches me in the gut Mm. so hard i just can't take it so when you got to that episode in season three of smallville that must have really hit (sighs) just honestly for years thinking about it i like well up a little bit yeah he's just so sad he's so sad because he knows nobody was gonna come yeah and his parents did the party thing anyway, and nobody came, which just reinforces yeah. that nobody was going to come. Oh, it's so just, sad. It's just the worst. So it's sad. Awful. Yeah. Well, for me, that's for me, that's fallen ice cream cones, which which says yeah. a lot about me and my priorities as priorities, a person yeah. who loves food. So, <laughs> so there you um, go. Kryptonite suit in space. I liked that. It that was, was cool. Doubling as the space suit. Yep. Yep. Total 1990s animated Superman space suit. 100%. That's exactly where my mind went. Yeah. I mean, that suit has always sort of made me think of that, but 10 times more actually being in space. Um, yep. Yeah. That was that was neat. That was neat. Her her throwing the totem into the sun was neat too. Um, But but the, the last good bit for me is um, Alex and Kelly just being so like talking about and and just being so happy about finally being parents you know like just the their conversation at the end of, of talking about how hard it was but how how much joy it brought them and how fulfilling it is um really warmed my heart it was really really sweet especially like we said before after all these years of of alex wanting a, a kid to finally to finally get that um was beautiful yeah and and as a father frank oh here a, we go hashtag as a father <laughs> as a new parent when alex was talking about you know like it's even better than i w- hoped it was going to be or you know anything like that like i a couple of weeks ago i wouldn't have connected with that line right and and so here you know so able to kind of weirdly experience alex's want or desire and then fulfillment in almost real time mm. with her has been very fun for me because I was not a parent in right. se- when she wanted a child in season two. Um, and then she got a kid and I got a kid coincidentally. Yeah. Um, and it, that was fun. That was, a, that was fun. For me. Oh, that's so fun. Well, I hope that your child and Alex's child never yeah, have to have a solo birthday Alex. party and never uh, drop an ice cream cone on the ground. Thank you. I hope the, the same. Because that would be a waste of money 
and a waste of money. No, Actually, and both sad. of them would be a waste of money and sad. Yes. A sad waste sad of money. Sad waste of money. Yes. Cool. Anyway, last last good bit for me and for you. Uh, Lex, is, uh, Lex is back in the game because mm-hmm. he's an admirer. As soon as the thing showed, like the portal showed up, I was like, Lex Luthor. Lex. Yeah. Here we go. Knew he was coming back. Um, and uh, he gives Nixley a, a power suit. Um, and so... We'll see what happens with that, shall mm-hmm. we? All right. Um, I just Lexus back, and that's really the, the good bit. Secret really admirer, her the power suit. It's more the him that Lexus back. him being around is the good bit. Yeah, just yeah. knowing that he's out there. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right, Professor Comics Corner. Um, the nuclear disarmament thing. Well, there's a couple of Professor Comics Corner, which is funny in the notes. I wrote N.A., even though there were definitely comic book <laughs> references. I was just too tired to type any of them out. So, Corda Maltese, um, yep. which has shown up a bunch, you know, but uh, originally referenced The Dark Knight Returns from the 80s and then shown up in Batman 89, recently featured in the Suicide Squad movie. Uh, it's been in the Arrowverse, mentioned in the Arrowverse before. Smallville. Blah, blah, blah. In Smallville. Uh, the Coral Maltese is just like that. Your catch-all, um, you know, your catch-all Cuba. It's supposed, it's supposed to be Cuba. Yeah, it's the, it's fake Cuba, the same way Kaznia is fake Soviet Union. Correct, exactly. Uh, and so, um, so that was fun. So that's a nice reference. But also, n- the total nuclear disarmament. Like, oh, do I? you know, interfere with the human history this way. And do I do this? And Lenny Luther's around and, you know, all this, that's all Superman for the quest for peace. And yeah. Superman just disarms the world and then accidentally creates a walking nuclear weapon in nuclear man. And that did not happen in this. And I was a little disappointed. Truthfully. I wasn't disappointed. Um, I was glad that it, the, the Superman four homage went as far as it did and no further because you don't want to borrow too much from that movie it sucks <laughs> and here's my dirty secret um i will i have seen superman four more times than any other superman movie. wow i when i was a kid it was the one that i had and watched yeah, okay. a lot okay um I mean, technically, that's strictly speaking, that's not true. I had all four, but because Superman four had some actual fight scenes Ah. in it, when you're a little kid, that's really what you're looking for. Sure. Um, And so, and the story or the effects being bad or the story being dumb or nuclear man having long necks, I didn't like that as a kid either, but you know, the, just the idea of him fighting a superpowered being. I really took two because I didn't take to Zod and Ursa and Non when I was a little kid the way that I do as an adult. Sure. Or even just as an older kid. So, yeah, I've seen Superman 4 a hmm. lot. I've I, I've not seen it as much as I've seen. I've seen Superman 1 the most. Uh, and and then, Superman 1 has probably, probably surpassed it with Superman 1 by okay, this point. Okay, by now, but, yeah. But, yeah. But, 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 um, Superman two and four might be tied for like the second most viewed and Superman three. I've seen the least. Um, well, that one was, that one was scary. I'm, so, you know, as a kid. Yeah. Three. So I, I didn't watch it for that reason. Um, yeah, kid. and mm-hmm. I didn't get, yeah. Kid. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was good. 
Uh, and I didn't really get Richard Pryor's whole bit when I was a kid. So like, I, I was just like, this yeah, is boring. As a kid. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like it was boring and, and it still is. Um, but anyway, um, half of those movies are good. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, quarter Maltese Superman four, um, any other professor comics corner stuff. Not that I noticed, Frank, but I'm working on new dad brain, so yeah, it's not yeah. gonna, it's not gonna, it's not working for these last couple episodes uh, the way that it would have been before. That's totally okay. I didn't catch anything else either, um, truthfully. So, yeah, I mean, Kaznia is is a reference too, but I mean, we've seen Kaznia before, so it's nothing new. Let's go, brainy quote of the week. The only one that I really came across that I enjoyed was: Are you familiar with Kaluan quantum mechanics? Are you trained in hand-to-hand combat? Uh, when he says all that to Ismay, amazing, wonderful. amazing. It was great. I love funny, like funniest moment of the episode, and and Alex's reaction is better. She's like, okay, let's. Yeah. Like, that was just, oh. Okay, Brainy. Okay. I mean, that's pretty much her reaction to Brainy all the it's time. It's true. Like, okay, it's just whatever. It's true. It's true. But yes, that hit. That hit especially. Um. Yeah, that was that was super funny. Uh, no, no, no question about it. That's the brainy quote of the week, and it was mm-hmm. probably the funniest moment in the episode. Um, I'm I'm kind of debating why was that a decision. I, I have I have so many things that could be why was that a decision, but really I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fold it all into Storytime Village because it's just it's 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 more than just like a moment like why do they know the Trojan horse? It's 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 bigger than that. So let's let's oh, oh okay let's let's go Frank's into Storytime Village. Frank's feeling feisty. Storytime Village. All right, put your torch down. We don't want to burn the village down for the insurance money just yet. Okay, okay, all right. We got five episodes left. Sounds good. So we can't burn it down till the second. To the last episode, so we can collect the money on the last mm. episode and get the hell out of Dodge and head to Corto Maltese. Sounds good. Or Castia. <laughs> Sounds the good. only two places that will accept us and not extradite us back to the United ah, States. Ah, now you're thinking. Now you're thinking. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anyway, the abuse and limits of power from within and without. Um, Nixley is upset that the article paints the super friends in a good light. Um, and her whole thing is like people in power control the narrative. And she's like, and I know this because my dad was crappy. Um, and like, she's not wrong. She's not wrong really, but she's, but she's mis- so misguided that she thinks she's in the right. And she's like, what are you talking about? If I had the totems, I wouldn't be bothering anybody. Like, and like, well, that's strictly speaking, not true. You would be bothering people. Not of National City right. variety, perhaps, but we don't even really know that for sure. What does she exactly want to do with them when she has the Allstone? Revenge on the Fifth Dimension. I right. Believe. So, like, you were going to hurt somebody. Like, you are going to hurt somebody. And you have been hurting people. And, like, sure, she's saying, I wouldn't be hurting these people if they would just let me get the totems. But but she would be hurting other she'd people. She'd be hurting other people. But she doesn't see that as the super friend's business. Right. And because her father's not a good person in the first place, she doesn't see what she's doing as a bad thing. Right. She thinks she has she has the right to to get revenge for what right. was, that, for how she was wrong. The hypocrisy of her line when she was like, the powerful always believe their way is righteous. And you're like, hello, fifth dimensional imp can do whatever you want most of the time. Mm-hmm. You don't think that counts as power? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yep. Oh, Nixley. Oh, yep. Nixley. And that's intentional, right? Like, we're we're supposed to we're supposed to derive that from what she said. Like, we're supposed to see the, the hypocrisy of it. Like, it's not like what? an oversight. What? Yeah, no, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, see, people write these things on purpose. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's part that's of 
the problem that it's I have with some things I'm going to say next. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not about this. Um, oh, all right. I was like, no, this was good. This yeah, no, no, this was good. This yeah. was good. This was good, definitely. Um, okay. Jean attempted to use his, his mind powers on world leaders. Did that make you think of Batman 66 and the United Nations uh, a little totally. bit? Totally. Okay, cool. I honestly thought that the totem was going to screw up the way he's like, what happened to my world leaders? I was like, oh, be speaking to Yes, yes, me too. Me too. I was really hoping for. I got so excited that that, the hoping that's what she was going to say. And then it wasn't. And that makes sense. But I, but for a brief it also, I moment, mean, it wouldn't have made sense for the totem mm-hmm. that they were going for or using, but like, wow, what an incredibly missed opportunity at the same time for a, a Batman 66 reference. If that's yep. what this whole thing has like devolved into is just references. Just references. Yeah. Things. Well, I mean, we were already, we already had a Superman four reference here. Have a Batman 66 one, two. Why not? And you know, I mean, Every time John Cryer shows up, we have a Superman that is a Superman reference. 4 reference. That's right. He's yes. a built-in reference. That's right. He's a built-in reference. Um, yeah, but so anyway, so the U.S. their their big thing is that they're like these ambassador Kasni, the Kasnian uh, uh, government and the Quarter Maltese governments are at or warring with one another or about to go to war with one another, and you know, blah blah blah. They built a oil rig in Ireland, and Kasnian was like. That's our land. You can't do that. Right. Like, well, I think it just did. Mm-hmm. Or or vice versa, that, whatever it is. But um the US ambassador wants Jean to be like, Can you just like change their minds? Mm-hmm. Just control them? And Jean's like, Well, yes, but no, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that. I can, but blah, I won't. Blah. And that's but I thought that was a very I thought that was an it's an interesting conversation that I wish they had spent more time with. Like that could have been the dilemma of the episode. Uh, and, and it felt almost like just happening to get to the nuclear mm-hmm. powers. Cause Kara says at one point, she says nation should be self-determining. That's freedom. That's what we're fighting for. And I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, like 100% agree with that. And I'm glad that she, she was the one that said mm-hmm. it. I don't know. Like, but that message should have made its way to that U.S. ambassador. True. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because the ambassador was just talking about, well, the U.S. needs this, the region to be stabilized. And it's like, okay, but these are these people's country. Like, not that we don't want it to be stabilized. Of course we do. We don't want war. But but to to frame it that way as like, well, the U.S. has concerns, and so we need to to do whatever is necessary, even if it means mind controlling the leaders of these countries. Um, yeah, that's bad. That's that's bad. It's doing the wrong that's thing for the right reasons. Bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love what she said, though, about, yeah, nations to be self-determining, and that's freedom. That's what we're fighting for. And um, it struck me as a little odd that we are only hearing the, this, you know, th- this comes uh, straight from, like, at the beginning of Superman 1. Um, Jor-El tells Kal-El that he can never interfere in human history, right? That's why when he, when he turns the globe backwards to save Lois, uh, and, and, um, stop the, the bombs from going off, um, uh, you hear Jor-El echoing, like, you must never interfere in human history. You must never interfere in human history. So that goes back to the, the, the first Donner film. And I'm surprised that this is the first time we've really seen that come up in this series you know it's so close to the end five episodes from the end it finally comes up um and is a major plot point and and then and also they, how many times does she interfere with human history like let's be serious like, here what are, kind like, what are you of a lot about? like crisis mm-hmm. you know like <laughs> um that's like universe history but um right. but but so you know it seems a little selective 
Um, and it comes up at the end and then as quickly as, at the end of the series, I mean, not the end of the episode, uh, end of the series. And then as quickly as it was brought up, it's, she's just like, meh, I changed my mind. We're going to interfere. We're going to inter- interfere in human history because, well, I'm going to say that's, that's also obviously on purpose because they wrote it that way, but yeah. you know, but that's like the abuse thing yeah. where like she, she got that would, she did a smaller version of that an episode or two ago. And that's where Lena was like, no, yeah. you can't do that. And so she's like, she's backpedaling a lot and which is unusual for her character even so late in this in the season that's going to be the finale yeah that part i that part i agree with you yeah because i mean they're like they're like we could just bring hope back i mean like we did it right like we could do it like did you like okay yeah so destroying the hope totem i i did not okay so i understood like okay you destroyed the totem then she can't make the allstone like you're you're stopping her you don't need to destroy all of them you just need to destroy one and then she can't she can't complete her goal like fine on board get that but the idea that okay that that well i can just inspire more hope that's fine we have a we have a bottomless pit of hope that we'll just inspire more of the the hubris of that is it doesn't fit with everything else well just be yes exactly because of how how much they've built up these totems to be like no without this totem like with this totem is what makes humanity be humanity like when when it's used um the wrong way people lose their compassion lose their empathy lose their humanity um when this uh, is used when the other totem is used that people gain or lose their courage um but hope ah i'll just inspire more of that like that just doesn't go together for me based on everything else they've told us it seems like it should be bigger than just i'll just inspire more hope because couldn't you inspire more courage too like what is it about hope i get that that's like her thing but it just it didn't fit for me it felt a little hand wavy and a little just we didn't know what to do with this so here she's going to destroy this totem and she'll just inspire people because she's inspiring and it didn't feel like it was earned and that's a weird thing to say six seasons into a show but it didn't feel like it was earned because i didn't see where she like she tried and tried and tried to inspire hope and she only did it when she violated, you know, nuclear treaties. Um, that's what, what made her inspire hope. But when she like was doing what she normally does, that didn't inspire hope. Uh, or or at least not the very specific definition of hope for this totem. Mm -hmm. So I don't really see, I I just don't think they laid the groundwork for that in a way that made it feel like it worked. No, I have it though. I know what's going to happen. Go ahead. Supergirl is the thing that the Supergirl is the person in this universe that inspires the Legion of Superheroes to be mm. formed in the 31st century. Correct. Oh yes. Yes. And that would so, be hope that that's, that, that, that would be, be hope, hope that lives on. What is it? The brighter than the sun and whatever. Correct. Yeah. And so where do you think that's going to start? It's going to start at the end of the season. Yeah, that's right. That's the space thing. That's she's not just going to inspire hope for the planet earth she's going to inspire hope for, for the, the galaxy future. yeah for the few for all futures and that's more powerful than any totem which then i don't like her decision but it, it does validate it, it would yeah it would it would validate um i will grant and you we that already that's know not... that she inspires that much hope later in the future because it's preset and predetermined. He already she, told us correct yeah yeah um Hmm, that's very interesting, and that that could bring about Monel's return if that's still going to be happening. At, you know, as we've been speculating, um, I don't know. 
but yes, I, I could see those things being connected. Yeah, yeah I, I, you it, know, we, we've also thought that a lot of things are going to happen in these last few we have. episodes, and we've been dead wrong. Right. So I'll just say it's one of those things that might have a payoff later, and in, and in retrospect, it'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense because she inspires hope and into the future. But it didn't feel, it didn't make sense in the context of this episode. If if that makes sense, it felt a little hand wavy here, and maybe it will pay off eventually, but. I feel like these things need to pay off in the moment as well as in the grand scheme of things. I, I would agree to some extent, just but based on the format of the show, yeah. all shows need to do that. No, but no, no. this, this but style of storytelling. Yeah. And um, I think this, this was a very packed episode where some have, we've actually been a lot of episodes. We've been on the lighter side. Yeah. This is a, like the fact that I, I have, I have filled every, um, every theme mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't village. happen it, that, that doesn't happen it hasn't happened in, in a little while so uh that's very it's possible that there's there's not enough time allotment uh here but anyway let's speaking of time allotment let's move on overcoming fear grief pain and anger so back to nixley she sets out to take away hope with you know, taking away people's courage, which makes them paranoid and distrustful. Oh my gosh, it's almost like the modern day world, Frank. Oh my Seriously. Gosh. Um. Anyway, so there's that nuclear disarmament and blah 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 and that stuff. But she also goes after William to make Kara give up the totem and but problem solve because William's spin kick. That was right. very cool. Very cool moment for him. It was fun seeing Kara need to like make a distraction so she could change into Supergirl and and come back at Catco. Um, that's true. The paperclip thing was actually cool because it was cool. like lingering on her playing with the paperclip, and I was like, "That's interesting." Yeah, why show us that? Um, it didn't, and then she didn't do with it what I expected her to do with it, which which was cool. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, oh, yeah, that was very cool. That was very very cool. I um. I loved. I'm trying to figure out where exactly to. I guess we'll, we'll I'll save this from bias journalism. So yeah, let's let's move on. Um, so Kara, I, I love John's line about you know. Well, hope is very on brand for you. I liked the idea of John and David Harewood, for that matter, saying on, on brand. brand. I know it. I think that's something that that's a phrase that I didn't think would kind of make it into a continuous vernacular, mm. but. We're so brand oriented in the 21st century that, um, I mean, we've been brand oriented since really the 60s, yeah, the 70s. So yeah, and it's just, just definitely the 80s moving onward. So yes. I just, uh, yeah, I'm. I guess maybe on brand is here to stay. I think it's here to stay. Yeah, it's just not a, not something you expected to hear from John. No. Yeah. Look how he's adapting to Earth. I know. Culture. Right. Just Good for him. him. Good for him. I want to be forever young. <laughs> um, uh, and so this totem is supposed to, Kara is supposed to inspire a hope that burns longer and brighter than the sun. Hilarious that she ends up throwing the totem into, into the, the sun. sun. Yeah. Yeah. That's some, that's some fun writing. Right I know. There. I know. When uh, the first time that they said that phrase, I was like, something's getting thrown into the sun this episode. Yeah. That feels like Nixley. That feels like a Superman four reference. And then it was multiple things getting thrown into the sun. Um, so, so there you go. But, uh, yeah, as soon as they first said it, I was like that, I don't know why just hearing the word sun in that context makes me think that's foreshadowing. And it kind of was. Yeah. And so, uh, there, Akara's inability to inspire hope fully as Supergirl, which is something she's actually been struggling with for a while now. People just, you know, there's been a lot of like, oh, Supergirl, you, you shut up. 
um, there's been a lot of that mm. uh, happening in this season since she's been back from the Phantom Zone. Mm-hmm. And so Lena um, suggests to Kara that she should try reshaping the world as Kara Danvers instead, which is really solid advice. Really solid advice. And I really hoped, I had hope that that's what she was going to do. That was going to be the thing that the message was going to be, you know, it's more, it's about more than just your, it's more than just strength. It's about your ability to inspire. And I, I was really hopeful that how cool would it be for Cara Danvers to be the one who inspires hope? And and then she collects the, uh, the totem, but uh, yes and no, I agree, except that we've seen for the past few seasons that sometimes the written word is not enough. And so like you didn't like the payoff of the earlier thing. I feel like that would have been like, oh, so now all of a sudden Kara writing an article changes the world. I, I guess, um, I guess, but, just, but, like, but it's like, enough hope. but she's a Pulitzer prize winner. She's been down it for years now. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be out of bounds for for her to write something that that inspired national city um it caused you know a, a, yeah but she doesn't just inspire national city right she inspires the world sure the, the, sure but i guess the the point is like it wasn't clear what the definition of hope was for the totem so it's like is inspiring national city enough or does it have to be the, i mean it's well it has to be brighter than a thousand suns or whatever but, the to- i do believe that is one of the problems yeah, with the totems in the first place yeah. and they are they are distractingly uh and very hurtfully vague yes Uh, they're vague in in the instructions they give and they're very specific in what they will accept as an answer right it's like it's like the worst teacher you've ever had who like gives very vague instruction and then expects very specific answers on the test or whatever it's like this is not helpful um sorry to make it about teachers i was gonna say were you were you making fun of the way that I teach? Because you know that's how I teach, Frank. No, I, I teach don't. very generally, no. and then ask very specific questions. Yeah, that's on the, yeah. You're, no, of course, no, what a you're horrible, horrible teacher. teacher. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not. That's not. That's not a, kind, that's that's not a teacher. That's just a do. gotcha. Like that's. That's <laughs> not a teacher. That's somebody who who says what they know in class, doesn't know anything more, and then uses the 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 uh test from the book the pre-made mm-hmm. test from the book and doesn't bother to check if you actually taught the stuff yep. that was in that pre-made yep. test and that's what the a bad totem is teacher exactly mm-hmm. yes there you go no hope indeed no hope um so akara this you know she gets the totem because of this disarmament um uh, with Casnia and the Cordo Maltese, and I like that she was like, mm, "I'm gonna, John, you say Cordo Maltese, I want to say Casnia. I have a soft spot for that." Yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, and so we kind of talked about this already, you know, that don't interfere in human history, but but sometimes you do. <laughs> like every, like isn't technically every time she stops Lex Luthor, like interfering with human I history? Guess. But this is this is different because it's like it stopping someone from from hurting people is one thing taking away you know sort of the defenses of a, of a country granted they were using them they were so she's saving lives by by stopping the missiles from you know hitting that's true she doesn't get rid of the nuclear weapons of any other country just those two it's just those two and and yeah um and to be fair she waited until they started launching them right like it, when mm-hmm. when they launched them then she was like well now it's about saving lives so i'm i'm intervening but um but prior to that, she wasn't she wasn't going to intervene. Um, so, t- to be fair, like th- that's the kind of thing she does all the time. It's when it's about saving lives. Yes, she's intervening because she's going to save lives. Um, 
So that's really not terribly different than what she did here. Um, she saw nuclear missiles starting starting to fly and said, "Okay, that's we're time for cutting it. We're the, the pull the plug." Um, and that's what Supergirl should do. So no issues with that. Hmm. It's just the fact that they brought in the don't interfere in human history thing and made a big deal out of it and then immediately backed off of it. That was what sort of felt like it didn't really. Then why talk about it at all? Why talk about it at all? If if you're just going to undo it, maybe maybe it goes back to the Nick Nixley's comment about the righteous or the powerful always think that they are yeah. righteous. And so it's like showing the hypocrisy of the super friends in the same way. And maybe that will also write itself out because Maybe. like as like they continue to try to fight Nixley to the to the finish line they start to lose themselves yep uh, um and that's its own battle which would make which is kind of where the comments from the showrunners have been like they've never fought anybody like yeah. Nixley before because they're resorting to desperate measures to stop her and they're so they're sacrificing their own morality and thus becoming more like Nixley while yeah, they're trying yeah. to stop Nixley. And there were some comments about that in these past couple of episodes too. Um, so I see that. I just, I want to think that's what it is. I want to think that it's like, uh, it's, it's meant to be commentary on how hypocritical they are as well. The super friends are as well, but it's just not coming across that way. It's like, I have to sort of squint at it to see it that way. It's not really, as heavy handed and, and, and sort of direct as they can be sometimes on this show, like this is what we're doing. This is social commentary about X, Y, Z. Other times it's like, is that meant to be commentary or is it just a storytelling that is just like it, this happened because we said so? I, I can't tell sometimes. I, I think that there are very few programs that uh, don't fall into the pit of this is happening because I said yeah, so. Yeah. It's just. It, it's just the way that it's just it, the way it's it the is. way that long form storytelling works. Sometimes it just it is because I said so. The yeah, end. that's why I think we we uh, we would we would do well. I think to move away from the twenty twenty two episode season format and move more towards the like eight ten twelve episode format because I think that, absolutely that yeah even thirteen is, mm -hmm. is a more manageable storytelling number. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but anyway. Uh, the super friends help Ismay understand and control her powers, right? She's, you know, Ismay is uh, fearful. She's in pain in a lot of ways. And so she can mimic other aliens' powers. So she phases in her bedroom. She gets overwhelmed by Brainy's calculus, which I thought was funny. It's not really as powered, but I, I get the where math. they were going. Yeah. Um, you know, the Supergirl's hearing, you know, she's like, why would you make me listen to that? You know, because she can only, she hears the good, but then she only he ends up hearing the bad, mm -hmm. which is kind of the lesson of the news and the distrust and the paranoia all at the same time right of the world like if hope is away then you know you can hear the good but the the bad always kind of washes over yeah the good and it makes you forget about it pretty quickly um and so she's so distraught that you know she thinks that she's just go send me back to the group home so i don't hurt anybody so it's sad fine. it is really sad really really sad and i i loved that alex and kelly were like this is a truth seeker alien. Good callback. Yeah. Um, and so like you can sense its powers and you can use its powers. So you know that we're telling you the truth when we say you're never going to get sent away. We're going to figure this out. It's going to be okay. And you know, we love you, blah, 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 mm -hmm. your moms, so on and so forth. Um, 
And I, I just thought that that was a lovely moment. And yeah. that, it's all of that stuff that made this episode a, a winner mm-hmm. for me. The totem stuff, I'm with you. It's, totem stuff, yeah. Uh, I this was this was the heart of the episode, right? And this was what I really, really loved about the episode. Yeah, like the truth seeker thing was great, and and them being able to reassure her and her believing them. Um, oh, it was just, it was great. It was it was beautiful. It was that that's the kind of thing. Like, it feels like they put a lot more effort and heart into that plot than they. The totem was just sort of like I don't know uh she's just gonna inspire hope or something like it just felt like thrown together whereas the the esme stuff felt so thoughtful and considered and we want to make sure we do this right like we're telling an an important story for this character for these characters and we want to do it right and they did it right and it so i i know that they can and it just disappoints me that like the Supergirl story of this episode was much less compelling. No, oh, different priorities. Different Char- priorities. They're always better at character growth than they are at the regular adventure. Yeah. I guess, you yeah. know, it, the character work is usually stronger. So maybe they, they just, uh, they don't want to grow the characters too far in one any direction because the show is ending. So yeah. then they kind of end up backpedaling. I, I, yeah. I, I feel like they, they've always been great at the, the character moments the the family oriented stuff like that has always been what this show has excelled at and um i would be perfectly fine with a storyline in season six that focused on that more um and i think most of the i feel like most of the viewership would because that is like the heart of the show and always has been um but they feel like they need to, to do you know she has to be going on adventures and it has to be this big cosmic adventure and i'm just not sure this was the best story to tell in the final season the, the totem stuff but i love the esme stuff and i'm 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 i loved that moment of of them comforting her and, and her realizing they're that they're telling the truth and you know just sort of basically deciding that she's going to stay um that was really sweet and and you know followed quickly by what i mentioned earlier about kelly and alex um having that that heart-to-heart conversation about how great it is to be a parent and that storyline was just a plus a plus supergirl writing for me Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on. We have two themes left, but we'll um, wrap up pretty quickly. The yep. social justice, Black Lives Matter, climate change stuff. So Cassia is mad at Cornwall Maltese for building an island, drilling oil in their country. Not fun, illegal. They have the right to be mad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But good climate change, a little social justice or social commentary, climate change, politics, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That's that theme. Mm-hmm. Violating the sovereignty of another nation, et cetera. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Um, unbiased journalism. Uh, Carr says to Andrea that good readers deserve a positive perspective. And I said, all right, that's cool. But is it actually the news's job to deliver a tone mm-hmm. or like to be unbiased? You're not delivering tone. You're just delivering the news, the yeah. facts. The facts don't have a tone. They have the facts. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I I feel like it wasn't only about the tone that they they weren't only arguing about the tone. They were also arguing about what kinds of stories to tell. Um, because Kara wanted to tell stories that like that were positive in nature, like not even telling them with a with a positive tone necessarily or, or entirely, um, but telling stories that have a positive outcome. Like, hey, you know. Supergirl saved the day and these thousands of people didn't die Um, because the whole thing was hey you're on Williams beat why are you telling these stories Um, 
And Carr is like, well, because he's telling this very specific story and I'm telling other stories about the Super Friends and like mm-hmm. good things that they're doing because people deserve to know this. And Andrea's position was, yeah, but that doesn't sell papers and that doesn't like it, that, that doesn't get clicks. Um, to the salacious stuff and the the scary stuff, that's what gets people worked up and then they click or they read um, or they watch. I think that's more what the argument was about and less about sort of the um, the bias and more about like, well, we have to report the positive stories too. And that I agree, that I agree with, like, yeah. you know, that's uh, it's, um, but I, you're, you're probably, you're right in that they weren't arguing obviously, you know, cause Andrea is about clicks, which is also, we've talked about this a lot, but it's backpedaling it is, yeah. for her character as well. Um, and so, so you have the, you have all this backpedaling happening everywhere. Uh, and then, and so, but and neither of them are completely unbiased, but I don't, like, I don't, it's so hard to be unbiased. Like it it's just, it's near impossible. And I mean, like newspapers have always been biased in one way or another. Like you, oh, you, yeah. you read this paper, if you were conservative, you read yeah. this paper, if you were a liberal, that's nothing new. No, they had, um, they had a party's name in the names of the paper, you know, like this, would, you know, there's a, there's a newspaper here in uh, New Hampshire called Foster's Daily Democrat. And that name goes back hundreds of years because it was a Democrat newspaper. Like that's not, it huh. was right there on the front page. And let's, it, you know, let's not forget newspapers endorse candidates for office all the time. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and granted, the editorial board is separate from the news operation of these papers. Like to be fair and to be, to be, you know, uh, to, to tell the whole story there, like they, there is a firewall between editorial and, and, uh, and the news, the, the opinion side and the news side. But, um, but some opinion is going to, I mean, people have opinions and they, whether you want to or not, your opinions are going to sort of sneak into the, the art you create and the, and the words you write. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so uh, when Williams captured what he says to Nixley is that journalism shines a light on people in power and ensures that no authoritarian, authoritarian impulse goes unchecked. He said it much better than I just did. <laughs> um, and so, and I, I thought that is true. That it is, it's an excellent reason to to have journalism around, and yeah. why it, it's actually a great insight into Williams' character, into why he does what he does. And it turns out William is the best of all of them. Turns out, yeah, you know, and a great baker to boot. Yeah, and a great baker. He made that made that food for Ismay, which yeah. I thought was also lovely. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that's like such a super friends thing to totally. Do. Totally. I liked you that quote from people. William. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked that quote from William about, about journalism. And I also like that moment where Supergirl uh, at the, uh, the tower is like, trust me, I believe in a free press more than, you know. Yeah. And yet he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Like he has to know he's too good. Of a I don't think he knows. He doesn't know. So silly. I think if, I think if he knew we would know by now, he doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't know. Don't tell Scotty because he doesn't know. Yeah. So I just feel like there were some missed opportunities in this episode. Um, I won't rehash them, but I just, I felt like there were a lot of things they could have done and didn't. A lot of things that just sort of felt unresolved or, or unearned to me. And I hope that you're right that when we look back at the end of the season, we'll say, ah, this was a leading somewhere and Frank was just impatient. And I will own it if that's the case. If I'm just, if I, you know, and, and, and trying to rush them and they're, they're telling a story and there's still five more episodes and they have time to tell the story they want to tell. Um, I will totally own up to it if that's what happens, but I'm just, 
I, I, I hope that it, it all goes there. I guess is what I'll say. I hope it does that. And I, I hope that, uh, that it is resolved, but very cool that at the end we got the Lex suit, uh, going to Nixley. And presumably that means that, that our favorite, uh, favorite bald villain will be coming back. I can um, actually confirm when he's coming back in trailer TV talk. If you want to tell everyone where they can uh, find us that's first. Exactly. Exactly where I was, exactly where I was heading. So thanks for, thanks for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this, if you want to hear about my small bowl adventures, head on over to beerwithgeeks.com. Uh, uh, you can find beer with geeks and super girl TV talk, um, at the thought bubble audio network, uh, as well as several other shows that, uh, Tim and I and our friends, um, put on, so check that out, thoughtbubbleaudio.com. You can find this show at supergirltvtalk.com. Mail at supergirltvtalk.com if you want to get your thoughts read on the show before the podcast ends. Only five more episodes, and then we are done. We are gone. Six, this six-year adventure comes to a close. Seven-year um, adventure, really. Seven years, yeah. We started early. That's right, yeah. Um, so uh, send us your emails. Tweet at us at TV Supergirl. And... Uh, uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio if you want to support us, this, and all the shows on the network uh, to help keep the lights on and, and help us keep pumping out content that you enjoy. And uh, I think I think those are the, uh, I think those are the plugs. Um, please make sure to rate and review us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can find us there. You can subscribe and you can rate and review if that's, uh, if you'd be so kind, that would mean a lot to us. All right, Tim, want to listen to this trailer? Yeah, let's do it. Citizens of National City, I know you have always placed your hope in me, but I fear I haven't always been able to deliver. But I give you my word. Failure is not an option. No matter the cost. And that was the audio from the trailer for uh, season six, episode 16, Nightmare in National City. So um, we've got uh, the the description for this episode. Uh, Nia confronts her sister. Kara lands her dream story for Catco, but when the city is suddenly attacked by a nightmare monster at the same time as her interview, she's forced to take a serious look at life and decide if she can continue to live as both Kara and Supergirl. As Dreamer takes the lead on the search for the Dream Totem, which can vanquish the nightmare monster in National City, she realizes she needs to ask her sister Mauve for help. Old wounds resurface as the two sisters come face to face. Very exciting. We got Under the Dome news broadcast Dream World battle. Looks good. Here's the thing. Where it says she looks as she can decide to live as both Kara and Supergirl. Mm-hmm. That's because she reveals herself to the world. And I think she does it in that news broadcast. I think you're right. I, I think that's what, what that is. Yeah. Um, uh, when she talks about, because th- it sounds like the, the lead up to her, to her I am Iron Man moment. Right. She's, totally. she's leading into it. She's like, for years, you know, you've seen me as a symbol, blah, 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 whatever she says. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly what that is, and and that will be very interesting, as because I would have expected that to ha- if that was going to happen, I expected it to happen in like the finale. So for it to Me happen too, but I actually like that there'll be fallout, and then like yeah. that's like the continuing evolution of the story to resolve in whatever way the finale does. It's better. It's, it's better. A to not big it move. Out. It's a big move to do that with four episodes left after that, and and mm-hmm. to then you're sort of then you have to you have to tell the story of the fallout right so that's like 
taking on a big taking biting off a big chunk so it's that's a that's bold that's bold of them if that's what, what they're doing it's a bold strategy cotton let's see if it plays out yeah <laughs> um uh here's the other piece of good news yes um lex luther is back this episode yes, he is baby yeah, i saw him in the promo yeah. photos I didn't want to give it away for anybody who who didn't who hadn't wasn't looking at spoilers, but um, that's why I said what I said earlier. But yes, I saw. Yes, he's back. He's back, baby. Um, do we know how many episodes he's back for? I know he's definitely in the finale. Okay. Um, and I don't know yeah. how many from. I didn't know he was coming back this episode until I saw the promotional photos, Same. and so uh, my guess is that he's in three. Mm-hmm. If not more, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but when they kind of get him in Vancouver, they don't really release him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's back. He blocked off this amount of time, so we might end up seeing him for five episodes. Yeah. So, but I'm going to say minimum three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought it would just be, honestly, I thought it would just be the finale. So knowing that now he's in this one, I'm like, is he going to be in all five of the last ones? Um, I do wonder. Also, I don't think we've ever seen any confirmation of this, but I wonder if they ever shoot his stuff you know, out of sequence, like, like stuff for different episodes all at once or, or whatever. If, well, when, actually, when I, I'm not sure if they do that exactly, but I do know that he's not in the, um, he's not in the DC fandom Supergirl panel, mm. um, because the goodbye panel and people I had seen online, people were like, Hey, like you have like literally everybody mm-hmm. and not John Cryer. And it, and they were, and he was like, Oh, it turns out they actually did ask me. I checked oh. my email. They asked my publicist, but I was not, I was in Vancouver or like, but I had to go somewhere. and was not available at the mm. time they were shooting the thing, which makes me think that that's why I don't think he's in every episode gotcha, gotcha. because if he wasn't around in Vancouver during the time they were doing that, yeah. but he was already still in Vancouver. Like he just happened to not be on set that day. Um, mm. So mm-hmm. but anyway, interesting. Was, um, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, I'm very excited that he's back. Um, and I, I hope that, um, I hope that, that maybe some of the storytelling with Nixley has been sort of, maybe maybe like filling time until they could get back to lex i don't know uh but but we'll we'll we shall see um i just uh wish that like i know like a lot of the lex stuff has been some of the best stuff the show's ever pumped out and that's not just because we're big superman fans from before supergirl so obviously we have an affinity for lex Luthor, but it is truly some of the best written stuff on the show and i just don't like like i wish that he wasn't like a Look, problem solved. We have Lex on the show again, so it's better. You know, like yeah, we went a long time liking the show a lot. Yeah, Lex before he ever showed up. Show, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Um, but but uh, and I and I, it's not like I only like the show for him, but but just in the last couple of years, that has been some of the best stuff they've done. So I'm excited to see him come back because it seems like they have a real zest for writing him, and they're good at writing him. And so I'm I'm hopeful that that means um, you know I haven't been thrilled with the writing this this season at least it hasn't been consistent to me and so I hope that this will bring a uh, a, a new level of, of writing that we'll we'll all be able to enjoy. I hope so as well. But uh, Frank, I think this is a lovely conversation, and so I say until next time, up up and away.